from WIS Politics in Madison. You're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Morton with WIS Politics here with a Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm here with Adam Kellenhofer in the office to talk about an interview he did with Democracy Found Executive Director Sarah Eskrich. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about that interview. Hi, Kate. Yeah, I got to catch up with Sarah. I actually interviewed her a couple years ago for DC Ramp, um, but we talked a lot about ranked choice voting and specifically Final Five voting in Wisconsin. If you're confused about what that is, uh, we'll get right into it just in a sec. But I want to mention there was a bill introduced after this podcast was recorded, and the bill would uh, basically ban ranked choice voting and final five voting in Wisconsin. So we talk about another bill that would uh, create ranked choice voting and final five voting in Wisconsin, but now there is another bill to do the opposite of that. So I thought that was worth mentioning, but let's just jump right into this. Today, I am joined by Democracy Found Executive Director Sarah Eskridge to talk about Final Five voting in Wisconsin and a little bit about uh, how Final Five voting is working across the country. So welcome to the show, Ms. Eskridge. Thanks, Adam. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on. Um, So why don't we start with just the basics? What is Final Five voting and how does it work? Sure. So final five voting is the powerful combination of a top five primary and an instant runoff general election. And the key goal is to create more electoral accountability in our politics through competition. So in order to get to get results in anything, governing is no different. Competition helps. And right now in over 80 percent of our congressional seats, effectively 8% of the population is determining who gets elected. So that is not a recipe for healthy competition or accountability or results in Washington, D.C. So by implementing a top five primary, you shift electoral competition from the primary to the general election. And then an instant runoff is used to make sure that whoever in that five candidate, five way general election whoever has a majority of votes ends up winning. So that accountability shift from the primary to the general election is the key um, distinction of final five voting from other potential electoral reforms in design and in objective. Hmm. Okay. So there have been quite a few criticisms of, of ranked choice voting and final five voting um, that they're, you know, people are saying maybe they're too complicated for people to understand in primaries. Um, but we have seen this form of, of elections implemented across, or at least in a few states across the country, right? That's right. Most notably, Alaska implemented a very, very similar change. They did final four voting. Our proposal in Wisconsin is final five voting but meaningfully the same in that they have a top four primary and an instant runoff general election. And what we saw in Alaska when they used it for the first time in 2022 was that voters were very pleased with the system. They were not confused. I think it was 95% of voters said that they had received instruction in how to fill out their ballot. Um, And if they chose, one of the criticisms that using a ranked choice ballot often Um, One of the criticisms that gets waged is that people, you know, may not know how to rank their candidates. 
but what we saw in Alaska and in other places that have used a ranked choice ballot for municipal races, which has been used for decades now in the United States, is that people often um, do go through and rank their choices. They have no problem with that. And when they don't do it, it's it's usually because they don't have a second choice. They've decided intentionally that they only like one candidate. And just like in our elections today, people have the ability to decide who they want to give their vote to. And if there's not someone they want to give their vote to, they don't have to. They can leave that um, that office, that election blank. And we do see that um, in elections today, even in Wisconsin. Hmm. Okay, so... I want to touch on how this might, how ring choice voting and final five voting specifically might impact uh, the uh, partisan polarization that we're seeing across the country. Um, you know, we've seen Republicans put a lot of support behind Trump, who is very far right. We've seen a lot of Democrats put support behind Biden, and there are a lot of Democratic voters who are not very pleased with Biden's performance for the past four years. So it seems a lot like both parties aren't necessarily representing the majority of American voters. So do you, it, it, would ranked choice voting change any of that? Is there a way out of this polarization that we're in right now? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you said it, they aren't representing the majority of voters because that's not how our electoral system is designed. It goes back to that statistic that I shared early on, which is that more than 80% of our seats in the US House of Representatives are effectively being held accountable to only 8% of their population. And so when it is the case that you are effectively only accountable to your primary electorate, we know that the primary electorate is more polarized. They have, they're characterized by something that political scientists call negative partisanship, which means above and beyond anything else, they just hate the other side. And so that's not a constructive um, solution to the polarization in our country when those are the people that you are most accountable to electorally, because ultimately it, to be reelected, you have to make it through this partisan primary. And so when faced with the challenges of governing, we've seen this, we've seen this in spades, especially in the House of Representatives recently, you don't have the freedom to do what needs to be done to govern when you're only accountable to 8% of your population. And so I don't think, you know, final five voting or ranked choice voting is the cure to polarization in our country. There is no single cure to polarization in our country, but there are many things that need to be done to take the temperature down a little bit and Final Five is one of those solutions to make it so that the vast majority of us, the often forgotten majority or whatever you want to call it, have the ability to hold our elected officials accountable for representing us, which we don't see all too often, especially in Washington, D.C. right now. And that certainly contributes to the hyperpolarization and frankly, just the dysfunction that we see when you can't even elect a speaker um, to to potentially govern this, this messy, unwieldy body. We certainly have a structural incentives problem going on that needs to be addressed. Mm, yeah. Um, 
I think um, a big part of the political polarization that we're seeing and the strong two-party system rising is uh, has to do a lot with campaign financing. Um, and considering, you know, the two parties usually don't put a lot of backing behind a candidate until after the primary process that leaves, you know, two candidates because there are two strong parties. Um, with final five voting, we'd end up with with five candidates in that general election. How do you think that might impact campaign financing? And would there be room for a third party candidate or another kind of independent candidate to, to get up there on the general election ballot? Well, think about our recent election in Wisconsin in 2022, where we had divisive primaries in both the U.S. Senate race on the Democratic side and in the gubernatorial race on the Republican side. And those inter-party um, fights, disagreements draw down a lot of resources. I mean, particularly on the Republican gubernatorial primary side, it was a destructive primary in terms of money being spent, attacks being waged, and then ultimately you only get one candidate out of that primary and have to go to a general election and try to make your case that, hey, everybody in our party, come rally behind this person that we've spent months destroying and beating up with all of these dollars. And then in the end, what we also saw for really the first time earlier in 2020, but more, again in 2022, both in Wisconsin and nationally, was this influx of other party money into the you know alternative parties primaries to try to advance the weaker candidate out of primaries. So you saw Democratic dollars coming into the Republican primaries uh, again in the gubernatorial and then again in the Supreme Court race, conservative, liberal, as opposed to Democratic Republican labels there, but same same deal where all of a sudden money can make a really big difference in some of these primaries. Whereas under a final five system, I'm not gonna pretend that we're gonna solve the problem of, of money in politics with final five voting. However, there is a little less incentive to do some of that gamesmanship or a little bit less power of some of that gamesmanship of trying to build up these less electable candidates in primaries or third party independent candidates, more to your point, in general elections, who when you have a competitive statewide race in Wisconsin, two, three, four percent of the vote going to an independent or third party candidate can very effectively spoil the race. And so you did see, even at the end, right again on the gubernatorial race, money going to the, the conservative independent candidate. Uh, Democratic dollars backing her at the end, trying to get Republicans to throw their vote away on this independent candidate. Um, so that sort of gamesmanship, again, is less incentivized under a system of final five, where you get that second choice in the ultimately in the general election. We do make sure that someone doesn't win with less than a majority of support of the general electorate. So no cure, again, no cure-all to these problems. These are big, complicated, messy problems, and I would be wrong to overpromise. But systemically, if we can do some things to realign incentives, Final Five is one solution that helps to take the temperature down, take some of the power out of some of this, this money shifting in politics, and ultimately make votes more powerful. Okay, that makes sense to me. I have time for one more question, and it is Wisconsin focused because there is a final five voting bill in Wisconsin and the legislature right now. 
Um, there are some Republicans who are opposed to it. Uh, and, you know, there, here's here's kind of where the uh, the partisanship comes into play with with uh, final five voting. You're going to have to get at least some Republicans on board if if you even get all Democrats on board to pass this final five voting bill in Wisconsin. So um, what do you think the chances are of getting enough Republicans on board to, to get it across the line? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, our co-sponsorship on the final five bill as it's moving through the legislature legislature right now is almost 50 50 Democratic and Republican support. So that speaks highly to the fact that this is a truly bipartisan effort. And despite some opposition cropping up, um, I'd say, in some of the fringy far right in other states, we see that same opposition and the fringy far left. So it's equal opportunity depending on where you are. And and ultimately, I think what the case that we need to continue to make is that this policy is not designed to help one party or the other or hurt one party or the other. Ultimately, it's designed to realign those incentives so that whoever wins has the freedom and flexibility to govern in a way that actually solves problems and delivers results for constituents in Wisconsin. And that's a winning proposition for both sides of the aisle. And that's the only way we're going to get this done in a purple divided state like Wisconsin. So we look forward to continuing to make that pitch with the legislature this session and anticipate some really constructive hearings in both the Senate and Assembly Elections Committees in the next couple months. I'm actually kind of curious. Do you, do you have any kind of message for Republicans who might be concerned that they would lose their you know strong control of the legislature right now that they've they've gained through uh, favorable maps for Republican legislature or legislators? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think the the reality is, you have to have the strongest candidates to win. And when you've got divisive primaries, particularly as districts get more red or more blue, sometimes the most electable candidate doesn't make it out of that primary. So that's an electoral risk as districts are more and more partisan to both sides. So as Republicans are considering districts that are deeper and deeper red, sometimes there are candidates who are not the strongest candidates who make it out of those Republican primaries and particularly as we're thinking about the potential for new maps um, and more competitive races here in Wisconsin in the future, you ultimately want a candidate who can win a general election. And that's something that both Republicans and Democrats need to consider in a state like Wisconsin. Mm, yeah, very interesting. Okay, that is all I have time for. And I am very thankful for having you on today, Sarah. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity and look forward to continuing the conversation about Final Five in Wisconsin. Well, Adam, thanks for sharing that interview. In the meantime, if our listeners want to keep track of those bills and stay up to date on elections, they can add to our website at wispolitics.com. That is right, Kate. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.